0: This episode is brought to you by brand bucket if you need a new company a new brand a new logo and everything else just go to brandbucket.com forward slash app guy that's brandbucket.com forward slash app guy and they'll get you up and running in pretty much instantly and you'll save a ton of time on all the design of your new brand your new logo or company name so that's brandbucket.com forward slash app guy thanks to brand bucket for supporting the show And Gummy Cube. Gummy Cube is the best app store optimization service that you'll find. They're using data from the app stores. Uh, They've been doing it for years. Uh, It's a great app store optimization service. Get high up on the charts in Apple and Google by going to GummyCube.com. That's GummyCube.com and ask for the founder, Dave Bell. Say you've come from the show and they'll look after you. Gummy Cube, thank you very much for supporting this show. Let's get into the episode.
1: Hi, this is Cass. I'm the founder of Equip, and you are listening to the App Guy podcast.
0: The App Guy podcast, straight from your host, Paul the App Guy, sharing his app entrepreneur journey with you for your enjoyment. And now, Paul the App Guy. Welcome to another episode of the App Guy podcast. Uh, I'm your host, it's Paul Kemp, and I just want to explain why we're doing this episode. I think a lot of you listening are commuting to an office space in maybe a large city or somewhere. Most of you are actually in the US, I know. And uh, you're probably driving to work or you're uh, getting on a train that's packed, You're maybe even standing up, Uh, maybe you're on a crushed bus. I know I used to do this all the time. My commute recently, I've lived uh, for the last uh, two months in Asia, I was in Bali. My commute was this, I'd wake up from a beautiful bamboo uh, hut, I'd walk through a forest that was, inhabited by monkeys, it would be a 10 minute walk. And then I would uh, get to a lovely bamboo office with outdoor seating. It was there was about a 100 digital nomads in there. It is the best commute of my life. And I wanted to pursue a discussion on what possibilities there are out there for uh, working as a digital nomad, working in some really cool places around the world, and and working in these what we call digital hubs. So I have uh, been connected with, thanks to uh, my good friend Neil, I've been connected with Cohub, uh, and with the founder Cohub.org. Uh, this is a tropical, um, I think, bamboo uh, office for digital nomads, and I've got the founder. So uh, James Abbott, welcome to the App Guy Podcast. Nice to meet you, Paul. Nice to m- be connected with you. So uh, first of all then, James, where is your digital hub? What t- tell us about it.
1: So uh, our digital hub is um, in Koh Lanta, Thailand. We're actually set up on a little tropical island um, in the south on the Andaman Sea. And we have the same. We have about 50 to 100 digital nomads at a time coming through our space.
0: Uh, it's so cool. I recommend everyone go and check out cohub.org. that's k-o-h-u-b.org I'm looking at a beautiful picture of your scenery and uh, it's very open space very uh, bamboo did you actually build it or just take it over like this well the
1: house is it's like an old beach house it's been there for about 10 years the owner built it Um, it was kind of a crime of passion for her she left a big Buddha statue in the garden, and uh, then she moved on, and they tried to use the, the, the beach house as a, uh, a spa and a restaurant, but nothing really worked because of the location. So um, when I stepped into it about eight years ago, it was, um, it was a bit dilapidated, You know, all, all the power was out, and, and the walls were down. So um, it was kind of like a blank slate for us to, to create a, uh, a nice environment to work at.
0: Eight years, eight years. So so has it really changed over eight years? I can't imagine you having 50 to 100 digital nomads eight years ago. Has it really grown?
1: No, I mean, I mean she owned the house eight years ago. So I took over two years ago. I started CoHub two years ago.
0: Uh, oh, okay. And uh, well, you know, I'd love to hear the story on what made you decide to start CoHub. How, how did you get the idea and the backing, the financial backing to just kind of go ahead with it?
1: Well, I mean, I've I've I left the UK about twelve years ago. Um, I've been travelling and working on the road with various guises. I'm I'm a programmer. I'm a you know I'm a nerd by nature. I I grew up around computers. I've been programming since I was very young, and uh, I was working in London. And uh, I decided basically to sell everything I had and um, you know try to get on the road and experience life. I've always had this draw to go travelling. So. Uh, I started out, you know, I was teaching diving and making websites and fixing Wi-Fi here and there in resorts for free accommodation and all these sort of things. Um, And eventually I started to um, find uh, opportunities to work online um, while travelling. So I used to um, write desktop applications, if you you remember what desktop applications were. (laughs) I know it's all mobile apps now, but back in the day of desktop apps, I used to write... Um, desktop apps for Microsoft, and then sell them on my website, and uh, yeah, that used to fund my travels together with the diving and and various other things, and um, and then back then life was quite um, lonely on the road for long periods of time. I think past a year and a half or two years, most people who were travelling would would head back home. So, you know, it was very hard um, developing social relationships with people on the road. Um, so. One of the things that really helped me was the diving community, so the diving community is quite tight wherever you go to work in diving, generally you know someone or you know know a friend of a friend, so you know you get that sort of sense of community. but um, what really started to um, what I started to notice is that I really felt that I was the only you know uh, programmer on on the road, only um, remote worker on the on the road. Um, and then slowly it started to build up that I noticed more and more people, um, people travelling with their laptops, and and you know even tourists travelling with their laptops. And I, uh, I I was in Bali about two years ago, um, and you know lost as as usual working from my uh, my hotel my my homestay. When I when I spotted a sign for a co-working space in Ubud, and I went down to to visit them, and I was just. Um, I just fell in love with the community there. So there's a space in Bali called Hubud, and they've created a, a, a really great um, community around themselves. And you know, this was just like exactly what i have been missing. Um, being on the road for such a long time. So in between those those uh, those travels, I've been coming and uh, going and uh, coming and going to Koh Lanta in Thailand. And it kind of became a second home for me. I always loved being by the ocean. So, um, you know, I mean, Bali is great and it's great to be up in the hills, but after a month I, I was missing the ocean and just decided to take the concept back to, to Atlanta and, you know, knowing of this place, beach house, to try and create something you know, near the, near the ocean where um, people can come and uh, enjoy the lifestyle that I've been leading for, for a while now.
0: Well, firstly, I love how you connected my intro. The the, the commute <laughs> I was talking about was my commute through the Monkey Forest to hubbard.org. dot org, and uh, I know that there's a new one now in Changgu, uh, but but I was totally inspired uh, by the uh, opportunity because the, I I hear that a lot of people get um, what they do is they they um, they get really bad Wi-Fi in Bali, so you have to go to places like uh, Hubbard uh, to get uh, the the really fast speeds. And I was getting like you know really excellent speeds, um, like we're talking twenty, thirty megabyte up and down. So um, yeah, so so then I, I, I'm going to have to draw you back to the point that where you said you sold everything. I would love to inspire someone to do the same listening to this, or at least work towards it. So you, you actually were living in London like me, and then you sold everything and went traveling. How on earth, like how tough was that?
1: It, you know what, it was pretty tough. I mean, I, it was back in the days of VHS tapes, if you remember, I, I remember taking my VHS tapes into work to, to offload everything, you know, um, Game Boy games, VHS tapes, had kind of sort of bringing by sale at my desk. Um, just wanted everything gone, um, and left a suitcase with my parents, and then, and then left. But it, you know, it' been com- for me. It' been coming a long time. I've been traveling, you know, ever since I've been young. Um, I've always been on the road. I've always, I've always been on the road with my family as well. Um, we've, I've grown up um, in, on campsites, and, and and we've always had camper vans, and and I think, you know, I've, I was never at home in in, in the city, and. Um, just felt like a calling you know i've been away a few times before and i was struggling with with the day-to-day lifestyle of living in london i mean the commute is is atrocious i mean it's (laughs) there's no way to live for me so um i wanted to give something else a go it was a big risk but um it was the best thing i ever did by a long shot
0: See, I want to, uh, anyone listening to this, imagine that there's a sliding doors uh, of our lives. uh, Because I was exactly like you, uh, living in London, uh, not enjoying the commute. uh, But you did something remarkable that I didn't entertain at the time that was possible, which is you sold everything and became, I guess, almost like a minimalist, which in a way, you know, you didn't pursue consumer goods or... You didn't pursue a life of, uh, I would say, money or, um, you know, things, uh, but you had this immense freedom to to go and explore the world and travel and meet some amazing people and a life of freedom, Uh, whereas I I was that alternative where I pursued uh, a life of um, uh, salary pay, uh, trying to get uh, closer to zone one uh, within the tube. And... um, how has it been for you then did you feel like you've made the right decision?
1: yeah, I mean, like I said it's come very naturally to me i I fell into the trap and I call it a trap of of following um following suit and and, and the and the the herd to you know to 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 be a consumer um, but no it it didn't sit very well with me i don't i didn't like being a consumer you know um, and I really I really what I get out of life, I guess, are relationships and experiences, and um, it felt that um, I wasn't getting that, um, and, and, and everything was kind of um, masked, and, and people were um, doing you know Monday to Friday, um, nine to five, and living for the weekends, and it just it just didn't feel um, like the sort of lifestyle that I wanted. So, you know, it took a big change. It took a big push. But um, sometimes you've got to do something quite drastic, you know. Um, so, yeah, actually... It's, to- it's, it's totally amazing.
0: inspirational. It's totally inspirational.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm glad it is. <laughs> I'm glad to, be, to help people get inspired to, to, to lead this. But it, I guess the thing, you know, it, like I said, it came very naturally to me. So um, I can't always understand why it's so hard for some people to do um, um, but it's it's worth the it's worth the risk. It's I mean you can't lose really. When you're when you're travelling on the road, even if you're not you're not working on the road, you're learning so much about life and, and people, and you're always going to develop yourself more on the road um, than you will sitting behind a desk. So even if you take the risk, you know, and you 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 go for it, and you end up going full circle back in in a couple of years' time you wouldn't you wouldn't be filled with any regrets um so it's a no-brainer as far as i'm concerned if, if you have an inkling to do it you should do it
0: well it's actually not physically hard if we think about it i mean you could book uh, a, a a flight ticket on your phone you, within 24 hours of listening to this podcast you could actually be in thailand in bali in cambodia wherever it may be in the world it doesn't take you very long to get there uh, selling stuff online now, you could sell everything within a weekend, you know, put it on eBay or, or Gumtree, whatever you want to do. So it's really easy to do. Uh, but I would say, listening to you, the hardest thing that maybe. You didn't find hard, but others would. Is the barrier in their own mind, your own story that you're telling yourself, and the uh, I guess the peer pressure as well of uh, not conforming.
1: Yeah, well, these, these I mean, we could talk for hours about <laughs> non-conforming peer pressures, but I mean, I, I fully understand, and actually, that's that's what led. We started to create these packages at Cohub, and the idea is that we kind of make it easy for you. So we, we take care of the accommodation, the food. And the co-working and the community, you know, at least for the first month, we, we you know, we, we make a, a simple package for people. We can even pick them up from the airport and, and put them in alternate accommodation, um, like kind of this sort of idea of all you've got to do is get over that mental barrier. Give us an email and get on the plane, you know. Um, and like you say, it is, that is the re- only real barrier. It's so easy these days to, um, to travel. And, and to book everything online, it's, it's, it's very easy.
0: I was just thinking, actually, the way we connected is uh, that we connected through Neil, who's been listening to this show and was inspired to go and do something. And, and I obviously then used your uh, service to, to go ahead and do it. Uh, but but uh, I would love to know the, the types of people that are coming through and that are working in your hub. Have you got any examples of some of the projects that people are doing or the types of people that uh, you have uh, working there in co-hub?
1: Well, we, I mean, we cater to everyone. I mean, the doors are open. We're, what we try and do is we try and uh, create this sort of oasis for people who are on the road for a long period of time, who are missing a you know, you know, uh, sense of community. But what we also do is we try and uh, inspire people to, to come and start out on the road with us. So what we end up having is quite a, um, a melting pot of, of people. Um, we have people who have been on the road for, you know, four or five years and, and keep returning to us because, um, you know, they miss that sense of community. Um, they can be, you know, anything from entrepreneurs to remote working programmers to graphical designers. We've had writers and photographers and, uh, you know, so so many different careers i mean we we, we've even had you know artists turning up analog artists um turning up um but we like i said we also take a lot of people who are employed but want to um and work remotely but want to um start life on the road so um it's such a varied um scope of career
0: so i hope you're enjoying this episode with James Abbott. Uh, let me just take a moment to thank my two sponsors that make this whole show possible. First is GummyCube. Cube. Gummy Cube are great when it comes to app store optimization. They've been with me for years and they are great when it comes to app store optimization. Their big difference is that they're pulling all the data from the app stores and they've been doing this for years. They use Data Cube, their own proprietary system, and they can actually analyze and help by looking at the data within the app stores and applying it to your app and making sure that you stand the best chance when it comes to ranking higher in the search results. I mean, if you think about it, most people now are finding apps through the app store, going to search, and you need to be higher when the search results are presented on the, Phone, and you want to be high up on the app stores, that to do that, you need Gummy Cube. So, thank you, Gummy Cube, for supporting this show. Go to gummycube.com. Remember to ask for the founder, Dave Bell, and do say that you've come through the App Guy podcast because they're such a great sponsor. And I do want to uh, remind them that we are here and loving their product. Next is Brand Bucket. Brand Bucket dot com forward slash app guy is the place to go and uh, you can have a lot of fun uh, searching through the different brands. If you're a new company, if you haven't got a company name yet, if you haven't got a brand name, maybe you need to do a side project and develop a brand name and a logo for it. Well, the worst thing you can do is just start scouring through domain names um, because what will happen is you may uh, end up picking a name that has a claim by somebody else. Avoid any like problem with trademarks and uh, having a claim on your brand by just going to brandbucket.com because they've done all the hard work for you and that means that you can just simply go to the search box, pick a name, buy a name, get the whole logo, branding, everything taken care of uh, and it's all in one place. It's a do-it-yourself business naming uh, service and let's just type in uh, say you've got a startup and you uh, are into machine learning and you want something uh, around the word machine so i'm just typing in machine and uh, doing a search there on brand bucket you can see when you go to brandbucket.com forward slash app guy you can get the search box and wow all these names (laughs) it's so cool Uh, machine lee uh, machine pad Uh, Machinoid, Machinee, all beautiful logos, beautiful designs. A lot of effort's gone into all this. So you can just literally pick up something and start running and save yourself. I mean, I remember starting my first business and I must have spent a month or two on the branding exercise and the logos and everything. So uh, save yourself all that time, invest a little bit of money and just pick something that's already done for you. So that's brandbucket.com forward slash app guy. Thanks so much to BrandBucket for being a great sponsor of this show. So let's return to the episode with James Abbott. Um let's think about um what uh what what are the uh the things to then help prepare people uh, for the change. Uh I mean, you know for example uh, do you get families going through uh you you know in the cohab I mean I've got a couple of kids uh, I've done this uh, and my wife we, we who we both work with kids but uh, it's always been when they're outside of school do you, do you have families go through?
1: Absolutely. Um, I mean, actually, Lanta is a very family-orientated island. We get a lot of um, Scandinavian families coming uh, for long periods of time. There's even a, a, a Swedish school here. I think there are two Swedish schools. And we've even got an international school um, that's just opened up just over the road from us. And they're catering you know, for, for all age ranges of, 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 for, for families from all over the world. So, I mean, this has always been something that I've experienced. I mean, I, I used to live on a sailing boat as well, and, and a lot of the people who I'd met, um, or some of the, sorry, I mean, some of the people I'd met had actually taken their families out on the boat and on the voyage with them. Um, it's quite amazing what you can do, even with families. I mean, there are some great examples out there of uh, inspirational families who, um, who, you know, make a life for themselves on the road. Obviously it's not going to be easy because of course you've got the schooling um, problem and of course you've got social problems, but I think more and more we see uh, families coming out on the road um, because of these international schools. Um, We've certainly had quite a few families come through and they generally stay for a lot longer.
0: Uh, That's so interesting, now you've been giving us a peek into your lifestyle. And it must be really hard for people to imagine if you're, you're going to San Francisco, LA, London, New York, uh, all these cities, you know, it must be hard to imagine the lifestyle. Give us a, a glimpse into uh, how you live outside of work and what, what you can get up to when you live in an island or you live somewhere that's, you know, tropical.
1: Well, um, I think you kind of start to lose track of days of the week. I mean, a lot of people who are on schedules, you know, people who are actually working remotely, they maintain, you know, a working week, you know, a a nine to five uh, Monday to Friday routine. But um, even, even in these situations, people are still breaking off at lunchtime to walk down to the beach. You know, we're only we're only a two-minute walk to the beach, a lovely beach. Um, it stretches for about three kilometers, and, and most of it is empty. So we've got a nice little park in front as well, and you can go and play volleyball or go for a swim or go diving, go snorkeling. You know, there are so many things to to break up the day with. Um I personally, when I was working remotely, I would, what what I would try and do is to try and focus my work and get my work done, you know, from an early hour until, say, the early afternoon, and then I would take the rest of the day off. I would be on the beach, you know, playing frisbee with friends or, or you know, or sometimes I'd go out for a dive and then, you know, um, down to a beach bar restaurant in the evenings. But, like I said, I think what you start to experience is, is the... The normal um, restrictions of a lifestyle back home start to fade. So you're not reliant on the weekends like you are back home. You you can you know keep your own hours. If if you're an entrepreneur or you have your own business, you can keep your own hours. You know you can work uh, whenever you want. Um, and and almost like you fit your work life or or incorporate your work life around your social life, you know? So it's not just all about work. It's, it's either, you know, a nice balance of the two or, or, or mixing the two together. So it's a completely, uh, it's, it's a complete paradigm shift really in terms of working lifestyle.
0: I really feel that there's a glimpse into the future. I don't know if you think a lot about the future and society, um, but a lot of the stuff I'm learning is that the the future will exist where a, a majority of people are uh, deciding when they work, where they work, how long they work for, who they work for, and they'll have multiple organizations, maybe they'll be uh, like a freelance uh, a freelancer, or, uh, you know, there's lots of alternatives, these co-ops that are coming out where there's groups of people. Uh, I mean, do you give us, uh, have you thought about the future and as more people start to sign up and do this?
1: Oh, absolutely. Of course, it comes up in conversation all the time because we get a lot of people coming out who are, you know, who have made that uh, risk, who've made that first step, and who are really enjoying, you know, the start of something new. So um, you really start to get a lot of feedback from people about the, the pros of, of, of these li- of the, this change in lifestyle. And it, it's going to be hard to see how it's unstoppable. As the world gets smaller online, and we have less reliance on, you know, being in day-to-day contact with people. Um, it's hard to see how these opportunities won't um, won't increase. You know, I mean, I think that um, on 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 the horizon, we, we're going to start um, testing um, not just geo boundaries but political boundaries. I mean, people will decide. You know. N- To work from where they want to work from and and live where they want to live where they want to work and won't be restricted by where their company is founded or you know you know where their office is Um, and i think this is going to change pretty quickly you sort of start to notice a lot of corporations taking note and they start to see the benefits of giving their workforce a, a better lifestyle you know i mean if the workforce you know all their employees are happier people and they lead happier lives, they're going to get more out of them, you know, and that's 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 undisputable. And I think this is where we start to see things change. It's, it's really hard to see what will happen in the future, but um, you know, you start to think about um, what countries out there will see this opportunity, you know, whether it's Thailand or you know, other Southeast Asian countries who have a great climate and. And and social system and not uh, uh, um, not society and food and 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 welcoming people, um, are they going to start to to look at opportunities to encourage skilled um, labourers or workers to come to their countries? So it could almost like be a reversal of of fortune, sort of a, a. it could turn employment on its head you know normally um people who grew up in thailand or malaysia skilled um oh, sorry well-educated um talented young individuals they would often go to europe or to america to seek a career but i wonder if we start to see um like a reversal in this where people are you know are going to start to have the opportunity to um come out to developing countries to you know to get a quality of life
0: Uh, It's actually hard to think that um, I've left a developing country. I've just flown back from Kuala Lumpur, uh, where they have a motorway that runs from the city to the airport. And the motorway is, uh, they have two separate motorways, one for lorries and trucks, uh, one for cars. And uh, it's just miraculous. Uh, We don't have that here in the UK. (laughs) So uh, I do feel like um, it's definitely, you know, the growth seems to be in Asia, uh, the uh, opportunities seem to be in Asia. So uh, it seems to be a good idea to do this now and uh, seize the opportunity to get in uh, while all this uh, is in its early phase of development. Uh, it's so fascinating. Do you feel like we've missed anything out, James, that uh, are, are important to anyone who is maybe interested in, uh, you know, almost trying trying this lifestyle out?
1: Well, not really. I mean, like I said, we've, we've tried to keep it um, as simple as possible. So if people looked at our packages online, they, they could, you know, they could get going tomorrow. All they have to do, you know, if they have an, a, a job um, that that allows them to work from anywhere, then, you know, they can just hop on a plane and come out and set up remotely out here.
0: Well, I have a, a Slack community, so anyone, you're welcome to go in there and have a chat about this uh, within uh, my Slack. You can go to the appguy.co. Uh, um, and i've discovered this episode i'll put a link to join for free the slack community i'm guessing do you have um, a community uh, as well or how can people people best reach out to you then james and get in touch and what's the best way of connecting
1: i'm an old-fashioned guy i I, the best way to to reach me is email
0: (laughs) Uh, yeah so you saying old-fashioned wants... but you've already, you've already mentioned the uh, vhs so
1: <laughs> <laughs> i'm an email I'm, I'm i'm a child of email so um if anyone wants to contact me they can email me james at
0: cohub.org. james at cohub.org. well james i uh this is the reason i do this podcast is to meet inspiring uh, founders like yourself who are really uh you know making uh, wonderful changes to, to the way we live and uh, opening up uh, our eyes to the opportunities. So it's, it's been so fascinating chatting with you and all the best with Coho. Yeah, it was a pleasure, Paul. So my big challenge right now is getting involved in great projects, great app projects. Uh, I've had some success recently in launching or helping to launch uh, a new recipe app and also Uh, to launch, uh, uh, or relaunch, an updated uh, language app. And we had great momentum. I mean, we ended up being on the homepage of Reddit and uh, getting high up on the charts and uh, getting high up on product and it was great, a good traction. So if you know anyone who needs, uh, uh, I guess, uh, some kind of advisory role uh, on their board or uh, whether uh, I can get involved in the project, I love to do these growth hacking strategies to help with great launches on apps Do get in touch with me. I mean, the usual way, it's uh, email me, paul at theappguy.co, paul at theappguy.co. There's always the website, theappguy.co. And uh, just click already registered and just go through to the uh, all content. There's a contact form there as well. Let me know about these projects. Uh, I'd love to sort of bring my expertise. You know, after almost 500 episodes, I know what uh, I'm doing. Uh, I've, I'm really well connected, so uh, do get in touch. Don't be scared; I will respond to you. Uh, thanks very much for listening to this awesome podcast. And uh, if you have had a change in your life because of the content you've heard, and uh, please let me know. You know, it's often me just doing this stuff, and I'd love to hear the stories of how um, the guests have inspired you know, certain people. I mean, I've uh, heard that, uh, especially this episode, uh, you know, the way I got uh, to this episode is someone used to listen to my show. I think he still does. His name is uh, Neil Morton. And he quit his job, went over, started working in um, Thailand uh, because he wanted to take some time out, met with uh, James Abbott and introduced me. And I got James on the show. And uh, I was totally inspired by that, blown away. So, These are the things that happen when you reach out, when you connect with me. Do it, go ahead, email me, uh, get me on Twitter, wherever you find me. I'd love to hear these stories of how you're coping with life as an entrepreneur. Thanks very much for listening to this episode. I look forward to getting another one to you shortly. Bye for now.